All right, Sean, so thank you for praying for us, and here, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for sending Jesus 2,000 years ago on Christmas. We thank you for loving us and saving us and giving us hope, peace, joy, and love. We pray for children all over the world. We pray that they would be safe and be able to learn and grow. We pray that they will have food and all their other needs. We pray that the good news of Jesus will go out to all children all over the world. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth to be with your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Sean. Hear the word of God from Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 39. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, If a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. 
Amen. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm Danny, one of the pastors here at Waypoint Church, and I'm delighted to uh, worship with you this Christmas morning. I know there's kids in the audience, so I wanted to make it fun for you today. There's, there's kids, younger kids, and then all of us are just older kids, right? We come to God with childlike faith, and I want to give this short message um, to all of us and just ask that you come with a childlike faith. So Advent just ended last night, and I don't, we look, all the candles are lit, and I'm glad that we had the Christmas Eve service. How many of you kids were here last night for Christmas Eve? Was it fun? Did you sing songs? You did great. The kids choir. Thank you. You did really good. Well, do you guys remember what we say at, at, at Waypoint Church, our kind of summary to, to talk about Advent? What do we say? We say God promised he would come at just the right time he came. And he's coming back again to make all things right and new. And that's our hope. And today we celebrate that at just the right time he came. The story in Luke that we read last night at Christmas Eve was about when Joseph and Mary went to find a place and they couldn't find a place to stay. Where did, where did Jesus, this is for the kids, where did, where did they have to lay Jesus? Because there was nowhere for him to go. Where? They had to go in a stable with the animals. Yeah, they had to go in a stable with the animals, right? And they had to put him in a manger, which is basically the trough to feed the animals. So the king of kings was put in a low place. And that's important. That's really important. And Luke wants us to know that. Luke's the guy who wrote what we read today. He wrote one of the good news. He wrote some of the good news about Jesus. And we have it. And it's called Luke's Gospel. And you can read it in your Bible. What's it, what happened after that? Who are the first people that Luke tells us? An angel tells this group of people. An angel tells them to come and go visit Mary and Joseph. Who is it? The shepherds, right? The angels pronounce. Yeah, they pronounce. Yeah, God is our king, and the angels told the shepherds that God is our king. Now, normally, when you make a royal announcement, who would you normally tell if you wanted to make a big announcement? Normally, you tell the famous people, the rich people, right? But Luke wants us to know that God starts by telling shepherds. People who the society would consider the lowest, just the outcasts, guys who just touched dirty animals and stayed outside. And basically, you know, camping, you guys ever been camping? They camped like all the time. They just stayed outside. They were, they were rough, a rough group of people, rough group of guys who stayed with animals. And that's who God told and proclaimed that a king was born. And Luke wants us to continue painting this picture. Luke's basically announcing a royal proclamation, and he's painting a picture in his gospel. But as he paints the picture, each brushstroke, this is for the adults, each brushstroke is not what you'd think. He's trying to tell them, hey, this king is not coming like a Roman emperor. He's not even going to come like Solomon. He's coming in a very different way because his kingdom is like nothing you've ever seen. His kingdom is spiritual. His kingdom is a kingdom of love. 
and of transformed hearts. So that's the picture that Luke's painting, and that's where we get to today's story. So when Jesus is, is eight days old, so for the kids, I want you to imagine a little tiny baby who's eight days old. Hey, Kelvin and, and Young, how old is baby Mariah? Six weeks. Look how tiny little six-week Mariah is. Oh. When, when baby Jesus was eight days old, they, they, they did this ceremony, and it was similar to like what we do for baptism or dedication, and they, and they, they basically gave Jesus to, to God, and they did a ceremony. Then when he was 40 days old, about as old as baby Mariah, imagine little baby Jesus, 40 days old, and they go to the temple... And they present him at the temple. When Jesus is just a little tiny baby, like baby Mariah over there, they present him at the temple. Because that's what it required in the, in the law. The law of Moses in Leviticus says, if a mom has a baby boy at 40 days old, she brings him to the temple and dedicates him. But you know what? And they, they needed to do a sacrifice. They needed to bring an animal to like cook it as a sacrifice to God. And you know what they were supposed to bring? A lamb. But if you read our text today, it says they brought a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Do you know why they didn't bring a lamb? They had to just bring a small bird? Because they were poor. In Leviticus, it says if you, the, the actual sacrifice is a lamb, but if your family can't afford a lamb, you can bring two small birds. So the king of kings, when God became a human, he was born in a family so poor that they couldn't even afford a lamb. This is important. Luke wants us to see the kind of king and the way that God came and the kind of kingdom that he was bringing. The story continues, and there's an old guy named Simeon. And we don't know how old Simeon is, but he, he's probably about 60 or 70. Um, people didn't live as long then as they do now. The average person probably died in their 50s at this point in history. Um, but Simeon's an old man and he's been waiting for the Messiah, waiting for God to send this person. And finally, the spirit tells him, go to the temple. And when you see Mary and Joseph, that's the one. And Simeon prays over then. And he's like, I've been waiting for the salvation. I've been waiting for this salvation to come. And in Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 40, God promised, so 600 years they've been waiting for this salvation to come. So I want to talk about waiting. This is for the kids. How many, have you guys ever waited for something? Like maybe even this Christmas, are you waiting? Maybe no one are waiting for your birthday. What's something you've waited for? Birthday present? Waiting on a plane, yes. Waiting on a plane is the bad, yes. Sometimes you want to get to your destination and you just wait and you wait. That is a great example. All of us in this room can relate to that. Actually, some of us are sitting in this room because you waited on a plane and the plane didn't come and you didn't get to be at your destination and you're here this morning. I know personally some of you, you're waving your hands, especially you Chicago land folks. Uh, I know that, so I'm so glad you're with us and you waited. Thank you for that example. There's a famous example in the book called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe where they live in a world where it's always winter and never Christmas. That would be bad, right? If, there's nothing, if it's always cold and there's nothing to look forward to. It never becomes spring. It never gets better. For the adults, I don't know what, what waiting's been like for you. 
I know that all of us have hurts and pains and things we want to see God do. Family members that we want to see changed, our own change in our own hearts, uh, a change in just some life circumstances. I I don't know what you've been waiting for. But for Simeon, he's been waiting for God's anointed one to come. And when he comes, he gives this proclamation and he says that he has seen the salvation from the Lord. Simeon goes on and he tells Mary, he's like, what I saw is this. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah, but he's going to Simeon. The prophecy that God gives Simeon tells him that it's going to be a different kind of kingdom. Then the second person that Luke wants us to know about is a prophet named Anna. And Anna is 84 years old. So for all the kids up there, if you're three years old, raise your hand. Three. If you're four years old, raise your hand. Five years old. Six years old. Seven. Stanley raised his hand at seven. Not seven feet tall, Stanley. Seven. Eight years old. Nine. Ten. Eleven. I'm twelve. Once you're at twelve, you're kind of in the teenage years. You're too cool. You're not going to raise your hand anyway. So I'll stop it there. Now... 13? All right, we'll do 13. All right. So now imagine Anna. She is 84 years old. She has been waiting at the temple every day, probably since she was about 25. So for 60 years, she was waiting at the temple every day because God told her that you will see the Messiah. You will see the baby who was born, who will change the world. Now think about 84 years old. That's pretty old, right? I mean, it's some of you might have grandparents, great-grandparents. That's a long time to wait. And when Anna sees Simeon talking to Mary and Joseph, the Holy Spirit tells her he's the one. And she rejoices. She's happy. She got what she was waiting for. It's way better than waiting for a plane and it finally coming. It's way better than waiting for a toy. For us adults, it's, it's way better than anything we could ever want. And Luke wants to show us. Luke is trying to show us something. He comes to the shepherds and the first two witnesses other than the shepherds is Simeon and Anna, two people who are kind of outcasts in their society. They're not wealthy. They're just they're They're not priests. They're just outside of the of the Jewish structure of the time. But in the Old Testament, it says there needs to be two witnesses. And they're the two witnesses. This is for the adults, so kids, bear with me. This is a a quote from Jen Wilkin. She's a Bible teacher about this passage. And she helped me really process this. And I'm going to read this quote. It says, Deuteronomy 19.15 decrees that a matter must be established by a testimony of two or three witnesses. A theme that can be traced throughout the Bible. We need both Simeon and Anna in our Advent imaginations because they are a place there to establish a credible witness. Together, they testify to the fulfillment of God's promise, a promise given thousands of years earlier to another man and woman, to Adam and Eve. Consider the pair who greets the Christ child 40 days after his birth. When Mary and Joseph present him in the temple in Luke 2, Simeon is described as righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Having been told by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, Anna, the prophet, a daughter of Peniel, had reached the advanced age of 84. 
Her age equals seven twelves. Think about it, seven times twelve. This is a very significant number in, in the Bible. Signifying the divine completeness. We begin to see that something has happened at just the right time. Her father's name, Anna's father's name, is aptly drawn from the location where Jacob beheld God's face, God face to face, and yet lived in Genesis 32. A man and a woman expectantly in God's temple to see God's face. There's echoes of the time when after Adam and Eve sinned, and God says, even though you sinned, I'm going to send a deliverer. And the deliverer, this child will be born from the woman and the deliverer will crush the seed and destroy the brokenness. And if you read actually right at the end, Jim Wilkin kind of shows this to me in a few other uh, commentaries I read. If you read right at the beginning of Genesis 4, when, when Eve has the baby, the baby, the child, she says, this is it. He's going to be the one. She thought the prophecy that God gave her, the promise would be fulfilled immediately in Cain. We know that Cain failed. Cain is the beginning of, of, the, of the brokenness. And ultimately, the seed that came, it, the promise didn't come to Adam and Eve. They weren't the first two witnesses to this promise. Anna and Simeon were. And that's good news. So I want to end with this. Mary and Joseph needed Simeon and Anna. They needed them to, they were scared. They just had this baby. Obviously, there's not, the only people who know about it are shepherds. And we learn in the other account, the accounts in Matthew and and Mark, or the account of Matthew that the king of the Jews wanted to kill all the baby boys. So they're, they're scared. They know that this baby that they have, there's something about this baby. And God sends Simeon and Anna to them at just the right time. And God wanted Anna to be 84 years old when Jesus came. And Luke wants us to know that. There's something about Jesus came at just the right time. Mary and Joseph needed Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna needed Mary and Joseph. But they all needed the little baby. This 40-day-old baby. They all needed the baby. And he's all we need. He's all you need. He's what you've been waiting for. He's worth waiting for. He came and he's coming again. And that is our hope. So when you get down and you get discouraged and you're waiting and you're like, God, why is this happening or this isn't happening? Remember Simeon and Anna waiting. And remember that a baby was born to be a king. And that baby wasn't born in royal with a royal proclamation like the people were expecting, but that baby was born to a poor family to show that God's justice and God's mercy and God's love would spread out through the world. And for the kids, I want to tell you something really cool. So all the kids, look at me. So 2000 years ago, Mary and Joseph had this baby. And this baby was born. And for 30 years, this baby just lived a normal life. And then when the baby was about 30 years old, a man now, Jesus tells people the good news that a new kingdom has come. And when he died and rose again, he told that to people. And it went everywhere in the world. 
Where Jesus lives was thousands of miles from where we are. You had to go on, you'd have to be on a plane for like 20 hours to get there, 15 hours. But guess what? That good news went everywhere. And even today, we're sitting here in another place 2,000 years later, and we have hope because of that good news. That's our hope. Let's be like Anna and Simeon and, and wait on God and rest in his goodness. Merry Christmas. Let me pray. God, you're good. Thank you for your, your hope. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for the witness of Simeon and Anna that show us that we can wait because you're worth waiting for. And while we wait, God, allow us to be people of your kingdom who love and show mercy and show goodness and kindness. And I pray if anybody in here doesn't know how to be a part of your kingdom, that they would ask somebody and and they would know that you love us and you died for us and you rose again for us so that we could be part of this new kingdom. And God, I thank you for Christmas. And may we be always be Christmas people who remember that you came and that you're coming again to make all things right and new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.